From Noble Robot on East Hennepin Avenue in unresolved Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk games and game development. I'm Ellen Burns-Johnson, and I make nice games. I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. For this week's episode, it's another Nice Games Jam. We've just been given a prompt that we're going to try and come up with a complete game that you can play by the end of the episode. Will it work? We and you are about to find out. And so, if everyone is ready, let's start. That was longer than I thought it was going to be. Have we not done one of these in a while? I think it has been a little bit. Is it that every time you read it and it says we're going to come up with a complete game that you can play, you get scared? I, I get nervous when I do the intro. A little bit of that, yeah. <laughs> I've done this for so long and I still get nervous. It's kind of annoying. Well, that's your brand now. <laughs> Nervousness, yeah. Nicegames.club slash feedback. <laughs> Let us know how much you love it when Steven gets a little self-conscious about the intro. <laughs> it makes for very funny intros, that's yeah. for sure. Or tell him he's doing a great job, because, you know, he's doing a great job. Aw, thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, the thing someone might say <laughs> on NiceGames.club slash feedback. Smooth. Time will tell. Smooth, smooth. Does this, does this mean we're skipping the call to action? Should I do the bluer song? <laughs> <laughs> no, we have a game jam going. That's what's happening. <laughs> Dale is I, was trying to, I was trying to stall. Yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> We're getting to the end of the year, and it's like silly season in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's so serious around these parts. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> Fair point. Um, and then I have no explanation. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Dale gave us a prompt. Uh-huh. Look at the prompt. It's not as long a prompt as last time we did this. Yeah. So that's good to know. Um, okay. For listeners that have not heard a nice Games Club episode, yes. there might be some new listeners that haven't. Yes, yes. Um, it's as Stephen has so eloquently described in the intro. Right. Um, we get a prompt. We make a game. We're going to try to find some time for playtesting, mm-hmm. um, some iteration, yep. um, and we're going to try to finish it, but it's okay if we don't. Yes. Because that's just somehow how games work is you don't finish them and that's sad, but well, we move on. That's not quite the message, but... <laughs> Okay, the prompt. Yes. Um, the prompt is create a game where you breed and raise pigeons. Why? <laughs> I love it. She learned about this from when Dale was helping me move, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so this is I have you to blame for this? Yeah. Okay. okay. Can you put the prompt in the in the yep. in the notes? Yeah, okay. So <laughs> when I was a kid. Uh-huh. Okay, let me back up one more step. Okay. One more generation. Oh. My parents are are bird people. Yes. Not they're like per- people hybrids with birds, but they are. It like is what really I thought. Thank you for the clarification. They, yeah, yeah. They're not. They're not like bird people. Yeah. They're birders. They watch birds. My dad did his doctoral thesis on the behavior of marsh wrens. Okay. My recollection but, is that their first date was going birding. Oh yeah. Yes, their first date was going birding. So when I was a kid, I don't know why this happened, but like. We just moved to Monticello, which is a kind of like an excerpt town. We had taken over like a feed mill, mm-hmm. but I was starting a business. Yeah. And uh, there were pigeons there because pigeons hang out at feed mills. Right. And I didn't, like, I grew up in Minneapolis. I'd seen pigeons before. Right. But I had never seen a red pigeon before. And this pigeon was like rust colored red. It was a totally different color. Mm. And I was really excited. It was like, wow, I didn't know they could do that. And then my dad explained to me that pigeons come in all sorts of different colors. And Charles Darwin studied them a lot. And they've been like, you know, they've been studied by additional scientists throughout history because of their um, weird color genetics and other genetics that like influence their bird, their beaks and their feathers and their size and crazy. Anyway, okay. got me to pigeons. Right. <laughs> so my dad and I got, we got some racing pigeons 
Oh. Um, some homing pigeons, like the kind that you let go like hundreds of miles away and they'll fly home. Oh. They're flying their way over like hundreds or thousands of miles. So we did that for like eight years or so. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. So did you like drive some to a place and then let them go and then drive back and wait for them to show up? Or <laughs> yeah. Someone would like the basic mechanics. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. You, that's, that's, you got the basic premise. All right. That's yeah. our game. <laughs> We've done there, it. There were no, I think there's more to work with here, right? Okay. So it wasn't just us. We also had, a, we somehow found other people who were into this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Cool. There's more to it. We found other nerds. Uh-huh. Okay. Who wanted to, who were also into this pigeon thing. For some reason. And, and they were local nerds even. It wasn't just like, this was almost like before the internet was a thing you could use to connect with people from anywhere. That right? explains like, it. They were all bored. <laughs> right. We were bored. And also, you didn't have the internet, but you had homing That's pigeons. That's what people did for hey. fun in the last century. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so we, what we did is we had, uh, we had a few people that we got together and did like the pigeon club with. And okay. I was like the only kid and the only female. <laughs> like, oh and, and I was like, it was all these like 40, 50, 60 year old guys. And then there's me. <laughs> and uh, it was pretty cute. Yeah. Um, so what we would do is we would like whoever was headed out of town would offer to bring um, crates of pigeons to take out to wherever we were going and release them for training and, and pr- those purposes. Mm. So like people would be like, you'd be like, OK, we're leaving. We're going to be going to like Fargo and we're going to be leaving on this day. So bring your pigeons at this time. We'll load them under the truck and then we'll release them. We'll text you all or call you all um, when we release them. Crates so, of, pri- of pigeons. Yeah. Crates of pigeons. That's the name of the game. See, more and more <laughs> things. These can be these are game mechanics, you guys. Okay, so <laughs> pigeons, they you get them, you pick them from your loft, which is the pen where you keep your pigeons. You call it a loft. Yeah. Okay. So vocab. Pick, <laughs> yeah. Yep. You pick up the pigeon and you can hold them in a way where they don't, they don't they're very common, like they don't struggle, and then you p- put them into a little crate, but it's not just like a milk crate, it's a special crate that um as it's like got canvas sides usually, okay, um, or it's got a lot of ventilation, and then it has a one side of it like you like twist the latches and it drops away, so that they have plenty of like space when you're driving, mm-hmm. um, and then you uh, drop that side of the crate and they all like fly out at once. However many pigeons you had in there, usually like I don't know, it depends on how big the crate is, but usually you know a dozen, maybe less. Yeah, okay, and then. So you drop the crate and then you drop the next crate and you drop the next crate. And then like all these pigeons are flying around and they get their, they get their bearings from wherever they're released, which mm. let's just say it was Fargo. Mm-hmm. And then after they do a couple loops and they get their bearings, they just like take off in one direction. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they're flying at like 50 miles an hour or whatever. And uh, they just keep going. Okay. So yeah. And then you follow up at some point. <laughs> no, they just arrive back at home. Yeah. Yeah, and everyone's like, yeah, they just check in, and everyone's like, yep, all the birds made it. Okay, I'm imagining like F zero, but with pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, he, after hearing all of that and ignoring most of it, yeah, F zero, but pigeons. Basically, I'm here in a cool. racing right. game. But well, what's interesting is that Dale says a game where you breed and raise pigeons. Yeah. right. At no point oh. is it race them or compete with them. That's true. But I, that They're appeals okay. more to me than breeding. Because uh, yeah. hus- husbandry is something I have, a, animal husbandry is something I have a problem with mm. if it yeah. is not related to the survival of the human race. Sure. Yeah. I feel like it, then it starts to become about fun, and I'm, I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, well, and you shouldn't. If it's just breeding and raising pigeons, some of the pigeon breeds that out there uh, that are out there have been like pugified. They're truly horrendous, to oh. and it's oh, really sad. So we will there put that in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> there are also okay. really pretty, like pretty pigeon breeds that are yeah. like they've just been bred for super amazing shiny feathers, and they don't look like freaks of nature. But there are definitely some ones out there that it's like they can't raise their own young because their beaks are too short, which is like what the. What yeah. The- <laughs> yes. No, I'm um, with you there. All the way through yeah. the expletive. So, okay. So you mentioned, I mean, what actually hit me most mm. in all of that was the red pigeon. Because oh. <laughs> the first thing I thought of was like, oh, let's not make a Pokemon. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. like one of the things I don't like about games that have animals is that then they all become pocket monsters. They all become yeah. unique individual. And I think that like, I would like. And this actually hits with the rest of what you're talking about, Ellen. I think you have the experience to lend some authenticity to this concept, which is let's talk about real pigeons. Okay. And that means that every now and again, you see a red one. Oh. Like that's kind of, that I think is, that feeling is interesting to me rather than it being, and essentially like they're crates of pigeons. I mean, I'm sure some people take them as pets or treat them somewhat, but it doesn't sound like there's a lot of like, you know, they're, they're not well. They're not quite as pets the way you'd keep a parakeet as a pet. Yeah. Okay. Am, am I correct in saying some that? people? Some people keep their pigeons in the house. Yeah. I mean, it's I, we didn't because we had like twenty of them. Right. You know. Right. Because you have because you have like twenty of them. Right. Um, right. It's a, it's if a, you're doing yeah if you're doing like a racing yeah you're not just doing one pigeon. Right. Yeah. So it's a different relationship, a different human to animal relationship than we're we're familiar with, and I think a lot of games that have animals tend to try to turn them into cats and dogs. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, if not pocket monsters. Right. Just sort of the same thing Yeah, um, in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. So maybe we could see if we can do something that's just much more closer to the authentic experience without having to be exactly what the real experience is. Yep. I'm going to need you all to lead on that one particular, that yeah. feeling. Cause, uh, so F-Zero, but pigeons. Uh-huh. Yep, yep, yep. I'm on you. I'm I don't mind F-Zero, but pigeons. Okay, right. I don't. I think we can make <laughs> I kind of like that idea. It still fits I with really, what I'm I talking about. I kind of like that. Yeah. Well, because here's the I thing. I finally understand do- animals. <laughs> so they do run into hazards, yeah, right? They're right. out in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We we had uh, our our home was within a couple of miles of a nuclear power plant. Yeah, okay. And th- we, I realized as I'm setting this up, this sounds really bad. <laughs> but let me finish. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, on finish. the nuclear power, <laughs> the hazard had nothing to do with the nuclear power plant. It was very safe. Okay. But... On the nuclear power plant, they had installed a peregrine falcon nest. Yeah. Oh. Peregrine falcons are one of the only predatory birds that just consistently go after pigeons because oh. peregrine falcons are fast enough to catch pigeons. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did lose, I think, a bird. I think we lost a bird to a peregrine falcon once. We also lost a bird to um, a couple birds to a type of hawk called a Cooper's hawk, which can... This is the kind of stuff you pick up when you have bird nerds for parents. Yeah, this is not yeah. stuff I've gone out and read. This is just like dinner conversation over <laughs> 30 odd years. So like yeah. Cooper's hawks are, um, they have these really deep wings and really long tails and makes them really very like highly, um, they're very agile. So they'll like go right, they'll like be in the trees and they'll like use the trees for cover and yeah. they'll come right to the edge of the forest and then just like grab a pigeon off your roof. and fly away. Um, So we lost a couple of birds to that. Mm. To those hawks as well so there are hazards right so there are predators out there that can take a pigeon on the run right or when they're trying to come home um i mean buildings and stuff you can run into those no yeah. they pigeon. might but usually not oh. <laughs> pretty good that's the predators a lot i mean during like so during world war one and two there were 
Oh my gosh, so much I know. I didn't realize <laughs> it. Okay, so there were um, pigeon like units. So okay. they were uh-huh. part of like the communications because they were, you know, they'd have to run lines and whatnot for yeah, communications, right. but they wanted to have a, other means in case they couldn't get the lines or before the lines. And so the, you know, like the enemy, the enemies, they would shoot each other's pigeons down. Yeah. Because they were often holding like really important messages and they would, you know, see the pigeon get released and they'd shoot the pigeon down. Okay. Um, usually not something that has to be worried about these days. Right. It's like the en- enemy forces shooting down your pigeon. Yeah, I don't think this but, game takes know. place in World War II, but... No. It's good, it's good. Although that back. would raise the stakes. Expansion. Yeah. Expansion. <laughs> I mean, there's a whole idea... I don't know if I'm that interested in, in it now, but like a whole idea of like the espionage involved, right? Oh. Disinformation. Yeah. All that stuff. Because yeah. that's also something that happened, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, uh, you, you false... And, you, but a bunch of pigeons with a bunch of messages. And it wasn't just about code. It was yeah. about the right code. So yeah. you've, you've sort of flooded the, the space with noise when it was susceptible to interception. Right, right. So that your actual message could get through. Mm-hmm. That sounds kind of fun. But, uh, <laughs> okay, so I have a couple of questions. Okay. And then I think we can probably start putting something down. Yeah. First is, mm-hmm. so this is a game design document, I think. Yes. Right? We're not making a board game here. Yeah. This sounds like this is a video game. Yeah. That's it doesn't have to be. But I think we're going that way, not just because F-Zero, but pigeons. But it seems like I think maybe made us more excited. Mm -hmm. Other thing is we know how you lose pigeons. We've heard a couple of interesting examples. Yeah. How do you, where do you get pigeons? Oh, good question. How do you replace your crates of pigeons? Uh, Well, famously, pigeons are quite prolific. (laughs) So they're just out there. No, you cannot, you don't just grab a pigeon from the wild. Although we right. did do that because I, you guys, I was not a very good pigeon hobbyist because right. okay. we did not raise any winners. Well. We had some really good, we had some really good birds, but mostly it was just like, like, so at the feed, we had really nice racing pigeons that were sold to us um, from an experienced pigeon, uh, racing pigeon fancier here in the Twin Cities. Yeah. Um, the best homing pigeons come from Belgium. Okay. All right. And he had some Belgian, some older Belgian birds that he sold to us and some young ones that he was willing to part with. This guy was like, he had hundreds of birds, right? This yeah. was like his profession. He actually was like a professional. Oh, professional. And so, yeah, yeah like he, he yeah. made yeah. a lot of money right. racing, but also probably like doing equipment and, so, and selling his birds and yeah. stuff like that. So anyway, yeah. um, so we got a starter, a starter pack, we got a starter pack, starter pack of birds. Um, <laughs> We got four, yeah, four birds from him. My dad accidentally let them out of the cage. Oh, no. And they flew home. Right. Which wasn't our place. I mean, someplace else. It actually sounds like kind of like a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they like got, they got out on like the second or third day. It's not enough time for them to like yeah. reestablish yeah. Like, new roots at the new location. Right. So then, so they left. All right. So that was sad. And then um, this gentleman was kind enough to give us a young bird. Mm-hmm. Uh, who I named Thumper. Oh, you named um, it. Oh, yeah. All the birds had names oh. in my loft. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool. I yeah, Probably one of the reasons that I wasn't a very good pigeon racer. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was going to say that would make it more difficult if you lost some. Um, yeah, so exactly. you obtain them like you obtain any animal. Yeah. Through an animal or through the channels, I guess. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah well, right. Like, yeah, you find the people who are into that breed of pigeon right. and then you get 
those birds from them. And I, then once yeah. you have those birds, they make more. <laughs> I am kind of imagining a game loop with through this, through the discussions, basically what Ellen has said. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm imagining like there's one, there's the first part of the game where you're like trying to figure out where you are. And then the next part of the game where you're racing, based off that information, racing to get back home from where you are to the place. Right. So you're the pigeon. Yes. That's okay. what I'm yeah. thinking. I like that. Okay. I would love if the player character is a crate of pigeons. So oh. that when you're when you're in motion, let's just say it's a third person aerial sure. whatever. Yeah. Let's just say that there are you have to maybe toggle between all the different pigeons. Oh. So you're energy racing game? You're a flock of whatever a realistic number of a flock of pigeons is. Yeah. Whether that's a natural flock or one that's, you know, bred for this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and then the the it's essentially an obstacle course. Yeah. The hazards sound interesting. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and and but but you as a player need to sort of like constantly manage switch back and forth so that you don't form any kind of particular attachment to one of them. Okay. Because one, they can get lost. Yeah. And two, that's not how people generally have a relationship with pigeons. Yeah, okay. Oh, I see. Right. Having right. one having a player character pigeon means you're attached to that one pigeon like you're saying. Now you could, mm-hmm. and maybe there's some sort of RPG element where you could upgrade your pigeons. <laughs> okay. And maybe you could form an attachment to one, right? In the sort of XCOM style where yeah. you like s- some of your crew is like you, you attach little stories in your head about them. Mm-hmm. But that should the game should punish you for that, for not mm-hmm. distributing your attention. No. Just like an XCOM. This, sound, this doesn't sound fun. <laughs> Sounds like like how you should have been playing with these pigeons. Ellen. <laughs> it could be, it could be fun. Well, I, I think what well, like you know. Well, I guess the question is is like, are there humans involved? I I kind of like think this would just be a game with pigeons. Yeah, not not so much. We're moving a little bit off the prompt about you know raising and caring for pr- pigeons. Yeah, we do that every time. <laughs> um, I think I really like this idea. I really like the idea of a real time strategy racing game. Oh, that's what like that, when you, know you were describing that. That's Whoa. what I heard. You're right. That kind of was. But I wasn't thinking about it that way. At all. Yeah. But when you put it that way, it brings up more like vocab more language that I could describe. Yeah, it. I think you're right. Yeah, so that's, that's really, really cool, huh. right? Breakthrough. Yeah. So let's tell me more. I'm gonna keep adding pictures of pigeons to the board. <laughs> that's helpful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, so the way you were describing it is like you got to manage these pigeons and move them towards home somehow. Um, towards and, something. I mean, well, that's an interesting yeah. thing about pigeons that, Ellen, you can continue to tell us more about pigeons. Yes. Which is, yes. What, it, what is the impulse? What is it? Is it because, right, yeah. and the homing element, that's essentially artificial because humans send them away mm-hmm. or no? Uh, no. They, um so all pigeons have that ability innate, like innately to some degree. Yeah. Oh. Um. With with homing pigeons, they have been it's been selected for. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. And then they are trained athletically to be able to do it over long periods, like long distances. Right. Okay. Right. Um. To, to for the interest of the communication network or whatever. Yeah. Um. But, yeah. But usually just for the race now. But yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I think in our game we don't we don't have we can be ambiguous as to the providence of the bird whether it sure. was trained for it or not yeah or maybe we one way or the other mm-hmm. but well I mean if if we're gonna keep a little bit some of the prompt then training might be something you can do like, yeah because you well know, I do kind of like and, the RPG and, element of it though the sort of like distributing yeah. upgrades that might be a, a way to distribute yeah upgrades. Mm, interesting well yeah. like spend what all your points so on a couple or you know. Uh, uh, spread it yeah. out amongst all of them. Yeah. Also, maybe there's some that aren't performing very well. Leave those alone. Oh, right. Yeah. You let them falter because they're not, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. Some. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Maybe you only can make changes to your loft of pigeons after like the racing season's done. So your season is only like, is this like a some certain number of races and they eat, each of the races have their own characteristics. Yeah. Yeah. That maybe play to some parts of your loft and not others, but you've got to figure out like what the strategy is for how you're going to race that season. You know what? That actually um, sounds a little bit like sort of like football manager or actually like a mobile game, actually mm-hmm. a mobile game loop where you, you make decisions and then run the simulation. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I don't mind that either. Although there's something fun. I do have the idea of like being it's, a pigeon and switching around. Yeah, yeah it's not real time strategy. If if, if right, they just right, do their right. own thing. <laughs> uh, but I think I like what Ellen what you're saying about yeah. like having having that process be uh, not after every race per se or every because then that becomes ma- mainly about that management. Mm. But having that be a, a rarer occasion. That's yeah. interesting. Maybe every three yeah. races, so that you can focus on your skill as a player. Yeah. Stepping all the way out of the metaphor and just thinking about the player experience, yeah. like the actual racing mechanics, which we can just presume for the sake of argument will be fun. Yeah. Um, letting the player focus on that for a while, freeing them of the burden of having to worry about what to spend this upgrade point on. Yeah. Um, or whatever. Yeah. And I, um, I know this is counter to what you were describing, Mark, but I, I instinctively I'm thinking of you effectively have a leader bird and they kind of guide the other birds towards a direction. But like you still have to like somehow swap between birds to get them in line, but I feel like that's kind of what you were. Talking yeah, because I was the, in sort of the reason I was thinking about an obstacle course. Yeah. is if you can swap perspective between different birds. Yeah, there's a sort of like a flock of birds. Yep. not knowing anything about how pigeons are different or similar in this regard, mm-hmm. but a, a flock of birds kind of move. They move as in a single organism. Yes, and that feels mysterious. But really, it's about these sort of micro communications, right? Yeah. The signals that are sent in a way that are sort of. They are perceptible, but they're they're subtly Ooh, perceptible. Yes. So what I was thinking is the way we would me- mechanize that mm-hmm. is that you are that subtle force. Yeah. Oh. So you bounce between the different birds. Okay. And you you learn something by going to this one, and then you mm-hmm. go to one that's further back to help navigate that. Oh, that's heckin' cool. What right? the heck? Yeah. And then, so you are the whole flock of birds. That's bomb. Okay. Right? I like well because I really like that because like you effectively are like making subtle communications. Like maybe this, yeah, like you're saying, maybe this bird is tired or something yeah. and you need to give it some energy, give it food or something. Uh-huh. Um, and so like you have to communicate that. You have to go to that bird, recognize that that bird is tired and then communicate that to someone in the flock who can help assist that bird in moving forward or getting food or whatever it is. I don't know how pigeons work this far distance. But right. like that's going to depend on like what your goal is as a player. Like is the whole point just to get there as fast as possible? Is yeah. there to get there as a group? Yeah. In which case the weakest amongst you, maybe there's a, a sort of again this becomes abstracted, but maybe birds move faster when they're closer together. Yeah. You know, th- so there could be a, a, like part of your goal is to keep formation. Yeah. Because oh. that provides boosts or bonuses. Right. Well, or I, like a, a, um, a protection against being hit. Or just some other video game thing. Yeah. Um, you know? Well, I uh, when you were describing it, the way I, uh, the way I was thinking of it is um, that we you have the birds. You, ha- you have to make sure that you get as many birds as possible at home and also as quickly as possible. Yeah. I think scoring both ways is good. Because, um, I don't know. It, it feels, that feels to the spirit of this. Well, it feels to the spirit of like this, this idea of these pigeons getting back home anyways. I got a little distracted because Ellen is sharing yeah. photos and videos of pigeons with me. <laughs> uh, and she's got a smirk on her face. Was, this, this video that I just shared in the chat is, yeah. shows you the crate. And oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Put that on the board so we make sure to get that in the yeah. show notes. Okay. Uh, this is Ellen's element. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I was asking the question about like the sort of that innate homing ability because I was thinking about like if yeah. our, if our, I mean, a lot of this can be abstracted. We don't have to really tell the player yeah. what some of this stuff is. But like, what would, 
other than humans taking birds to a place and timing their till they get back home, mm. what why would a pigeon uh, exercise its homing ability? Just to go well, home from wherever it was, or so right. So let's just think about it in terms of wild pigeons. Yeah. Wild pigeons forage. Okay. Right. So the um the rock dove, which is the progenitor of feral pigeons in the United States, mm-hmm. doves are na- native to Eurasia, not to this continent. <sighs> I'm not reading from Wikipedia. This is off the dome. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they they nested on cliff sides. Yeah. And skyscrapers are good substitutes. Um, and like tall brick buildings are good substitutes for skies for cliff size. And so, um, they eat grain and like bits of plants. Okay. Uh, and so not, there's not a lot of grain and bits of plants on the cliff side. So they would fly to go where there's food and then they'd come back to where they roost, um, to rest. Oh, so that safe place that really, that's the evolutionary story of it that's why right it's not just that that would be a good skill for any group of animals to have specifically that's why yeah this group of animals has it oh that's really yeah and so yeah so like imagine um you know like you're part of a wild pigeon flock and some coast cliff cliff coastline Mm -hmm. um and you're out like you flew a few miles to the field where there's some grain and you're going after the seeds and whatnot and you're eating them and then a falcon comes down and it's like swoops after you you're just going to take off and you're going to go as fast and as far as you need to to get away from that predator where are you going to end up you don't know yeah like but you yeah. want to make it home so oh yeah yeah okay so um, i like the ooh. skyscrapers as a as a as a proxy mm-hmm. i can i add a couple of notes okay this might help you yes yeah. this might help us they're not quite sure exactly how they do it Okay. Okay. Like whether it's by like magnetic fields or what your or or good memories or yep. uh, yeah any of it yeah. It's a com- they think it's a combination of both. So the further or all the all the above, the further away they are, the more that they are um, relying on like magnetic fields and and large triangulation, large means of gross triangulation, um, gross and like it's not very accurate. Yeah. Uh, and then as they get closer, they're going to be relying more on landmarks, um, sounds. Right. Okay. So, like the, so their vision is very good for birds. Yes. Okay. They're, well, most okay. birds have pretty good vision, but yeah, these yeah. guys have great. Because I think because most birds can tell north as well. So it seems like it's really just that a hyper um, refined skills that most birds have. Just this seems yep. to, it's not that they have a unique ability. It's that they're uniquely good at Many of the things birds are good at. The, the homing pigeons have been refined to do, be able to do it better. Right. And they've been conditioned to do it faster and longer. Right, right. The, yeah. Where the humans get involved is to sort of leverage the existing advantages they have and really supercharge it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the people have been doing this with homing pigeons for hundreds and hundreds yeah. of years, if yeah. not thousands, right? So, like, it's, it's the selective breeding over thousands of generations. Right. And a lot of that ends up back in the wild as yeah. well. Yeah, probably not as you know, much the as bad... maybe other uh, other animals. But there's the thing is, if some of them don't make it home, maybe they get tired and thirsty and they stop and they're like, oh, that pigeon over there looks good. Let's start a homestead. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> pigeons everywhere. It's all this temptation to just stop and yeah. like, go home, you know, <laughs> like food, free food be damned. I'm here for love and I'm going to stay. Go home and be a you family know? pigeon, I guess. <laughs> well, now yeah. I kind of want to have like a sort of a black boxed. Um, uh, 
pigeon uh, incentive system yeah. that like that the player will never understand <laughs> that just means that sometimes they'll just do things you won't be able to do and therefore in your planning you have to expect a little bit of that yeah no that yeah. Definitely and have backup agree. plans and stuff yeah uh, sometimes the, sometimes they'll just perch on that building and then that's where they live now yeah and i mean just home, like, homing instinct it could homing instinct could be one of the stats right and yeah. if it's stronger the less likely they just like F off. Well, what's great is if we're building a game that's going to have many, 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 many birds, we can have a system that can generate through um, many stats, like yeah. thousands or millions of unique birds that behave in unique ways. Yeah. And if the systems are such that each of those stats, and it could it could be as few as five different mm-hmm. stats, mm-hmm. how they interact could result in different emergent behavior, that would yeah. feel very interesting. And for you as yep. a player to try to like guide and control that. Yeah. That's all greatly outside the scope of this, which makes it even better. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But um, I was saying earlier, I do like the idea of like, of, I mean, as humans, pigeons seem like a city animal, even though that's, yeah. that's just because that's where we interact with them. Right. So I would think this would be great to set in a city. Sure. As a, mm-hmm. If we're thinking you're, about. You're partial to cities too. Just in general. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, as opposed to um, like, well, well, Ellen described it. You you go out to big open spaces to do these races, yeah. right? That's that's the more hobbyist angle. You don't you don't go through the park necessarily. No, it's 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 at your house, okay, or on the top of a building or something. You guys know Mike Tyson likes pigeons. I did know that. Yeah, they did like a whole cartoon <laughs> okay. about it. Right? Yeah, it's a whole thing about him. <laughs> also, he yeah, had a okay. tiger at some point. Anyway, Ellen is just totally checked out, and it's just like pigeon facts. Yeah, pigeon facts. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Um, I like, anything anything yeah. we end up doing with this is cool because yeah. it's just like because <laughs> pigeons. Yeah, fun, yeah, fun place, fun place to play. Yeah, That's anyway. Um, I like the idea of you just having multiple courses. Yeah. Um, you can have a city, but you can also be a nature one or something. You can be pie in the sky because this is a design document. Yeah, I think I'm trying to. I, I'm still hung up on like the where are we going. Yeah. Part of it. Yeah, I'm yeah. having a hard time. There's two angles. It can be yeah. arbitrary. Races have arbitrary ends. Whatever. Yeah. You. you but also part of me is oh. like, wouldn't it be great if as you have to bounce around on the pigeons, you don't know where the end is. They all do. Well, oh, but end is always home. Right, but you right. don't know you don't know where their where their home is. Yeah, you don't know what the home is. So how do you lead Well, them if you're if you're the pigeon, oh, that's You have to pick up the cues. As the player, oh. you have to sort of pick up where they're going and then you can help them, but you can also help push them in the wrong direction if you're not picking up the cues properly. Oh, that's very difficult. Um, but that's fine. This is a hard to design since it's a hard yes, to test system. But then the other thing is just like you you know the map, you know where home is, and then you have to when you're playing get your bearings. The you know well that's you, another way to do it. So right? the pigeons, so... Ellen was saying, well, you one of y'all was saying yeah. that uh, the pigeons know where north is, and you can use that to guide. Or you can kind of use that to figure out where the heck the pigeons are trying to go. Because um, I think well, they would ultimately like sort of lead in whatever direction. They yeah, like if you go. didn't do anything, mm-hmm. they would get home, but it wouldn't be very fast. It wouldn't be very fast, and maybe some of them wouldn't get home. Right. So as a player, your motivation is to get them home faster and yeah. get more of them home. Yeah, but you, so you so so part of the game, okay. Well, because I I do like the idea of part of the game loop being you figuring out where you are so you can figure out how to get home. Yeah. But I mean, this can be that part is like you have to figure out where the pigeons are going so you can figure out where you are and then figure out where you need to go. Not necessarily where you are, but like right. general directions. Now it could be like an open world thing yeah. where you like the more you play, the more familiar with the city you are, and therefore. That might be how you get your bearings is by recognizing landmarks, whatever. That's a whole meta game, though. Mm. But also, I, okay. real quick, I want to, because I might be identifying a flaw in my thinking about yep. this. 
Ellen, you're describing you take all, all these pigeons and go, they all participate in a race. I'm still thinking about them as a flock that works together. Is that how pigeons work? Oh, good question. Pigeons from the same loft. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, but so at, at a big race, you're getting pigeons from hundreds of lofts. Ah, all okay. Released, and they're all going to different homes. Right. So like, it's not just like who gets it in the shortest amount of time. It's also like, how far were they traveling? And yeah. ah. maybe they do get mixed up, right? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pigeon follows the pigeons from the other loft and goes to the wrong. Well, this can be a multiplayer game then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seven players, 700 birds. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. 700 birds? I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's 100 birds to a <laughs> but loft. Yeah, but. yeah. No, I, I like that. I, I have definitely multiplayer. Yeah. So I, I, had, a, I had a thought, like okay. thinking about the kind of idea where you got like a flock of pigeons, your yep. own flock. Let's yep. just set aside that th- thousand, you know, 700 bird idea for a second. Yeah. Um, oh, wait, I got to send you guys another video. <laughs> <laughs> we were so close. And, I know. It's a progress <laughs> over there. And- no, it's a pigeon. It's a, this actually relates to what I'm going to share. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. You've got this over map, right? And you've got this flock of five pigeons or whatever. Yep. yep. And you can like tab between it or whatever, and you can see the cur- each pigeon's individual like st- stats and their current condition. Yeah. yeah. How much energy do they have left um, in the race, and how much power do they have left, like for, for like sprinting versus distance? Sure. Are they how smart are they? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like all the stats you want, but also their current condition. So like you got to monitor how much energy they have left yeah. for the race. What's their current speed and stuff like that. You're not necessarily controlling them directly on the overmap. You're like telling them a waypoint to kind of approx like a direction to go to. Uh, that's more the real time um, strategy angle, right? Yeah. yeah. So you're giving them like a waypoint and they kind of individually make their way across the map, mm-hmm. um, flying around any obstacles that are in their way, just kind of with the AI. And then, but like as far as the waypoints go and the directional indicators, when you start the race, you've only got, you've only got like, it gives you these broad directions. Okay. You know, yeah. like, you know that home is going to be on this half of the map. Yeah. Okay. You right. Don't know the thing where, a pigeon might know first blush. Yeah. Is like right. this way roughly. Mm, yeah. And then yeah. as more information is given to them, then they can resolve where home is. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I like that. So, and then, then here's where we might get in some like more high adrenaline stuff, right? So as you're flying your flock, through the terrain, through the, the race routes, um, out trying to figure out your way home, you're going to pass through different like parts of part, different types of terrain. Mm-hmm. So maybe you go you go by a forest, you might go by the nuclear plant, <laughs> and uh, and when you do, there's a chance that a predator might come after you. Yeah, right. And and when that triggers, then you go into like a mini racing game where right. you've got to like it's... fly one of the pigeons around and escape this predator, or you lose that bird. Yeah. I like that. I was really thinking about it always being a third person kind of game where you would oh, do all the yeah. stuff you're describing, Ellen, but then, and then when a hawk shows up, you just got to deal with it, which means, yeah. which means you're neglecting the other birds. I, so, I mean, I imagine that the hawk would just chase all of the birds and whatever one it gets, it gets, and then it leaves. I, it Watch the video. That's a lot of dedication. I don't do that right now. Well, is that, but, <laughs> does the hawk pick off a couple at a time? Oh, yeah. Or, actually, good question. Yeah? Oh. Not that... Yeah, falcons are not that much bigger than pigeons. They're they're much bigger actually, but like <laughs> to us it doesn't look that 
yeah, they're not sure. going after the whole flock. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing as a school of fish. There's safety in numbers because if you try to go after everybody, you're not going to get anybody. They single one bird out and they go after that bird. Okay. okay. That's what, okay. So that's basically what I was thinking is yeah. like when a falcon shows up, um, you basically, you still do the real time strategy thing, but you kind of have to like bait the falcon to like, Miss oh. the um the birds. Well, yeah, making you, hand gestures like you right. You have to deduce it. which one it's after. Yes, and and either that, however, whatever signals we give to the player to deduce that. Yeah, but then also you then have strategies to fool it. So yeah. you you put you think oh it's going after that bird. Let's put another one close to it. Yes, and get them and then they they'll split. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or yeah. whatever it is that we can look into natural you know methods that uh, uh, hawks and falcons are confused by, mm-hmm. or we can just video game it. That's yeah. fine too. Um, yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, that's that's basic. So then you can keep the same perspective. Well, what's what what's nice is it can be yeah. It could, there could be three things that happen in this game. One is the the resolving where home is, mm-hmm. uh, and the other one another one is a general sort of like flying obstacle optimization. So whether it's an RTS view where you're sort of just like you know clicking a unit and giving it instructions, yeah, uh, sort of juggling all of that, mm-hmm. or it's a switching between views in a third person mode, yeah, basically the same thing, mm. flying in a certain way or, or banking and then moving to the next one, yeah. And then the third thing is surprise things you got to deal with, yeah. And that would be a category of things. So Falcon is one, yeah. There might be another one. Um, uh, you know, I couldn't off the top of my head, but we could, this could be where we can get silly. Bird gets tired. Bird, I, I assume they take breaks. How long does it take them to take these to do these races? It depends on how long the race is. Right. We can optimize. We can tell the bird when it's time to take a break. Yeah. And we try to do that because we know it's energy, and we try to get to it. Mm. And that's the little it's, bit of the juggling element, right? Yeah. They typically don't fly at night. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh. Well. Okay. That's good to know. Like, well, that could be one part of the thing. Is it like you know? Um. It's at the end of the day, and so yeah. you can, there's maybe a point where you can, like, re- how late are we going to go before we all together find, you know, stuff right, like right. that. Right, right, yeah, just, like, does this, uh, do these races take time over days, or is it just, like, a one-day thing? Um, I think that mo- some of the long, most of them, I, I don't know, they can fly a couple hundred miles in a day, but yeah. some of the longer ones, let me, let me Google it. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, right, so I don't know this. Stephen. I stomped. I stomped. It. The length of our, the, of a gameplay session could be whatever, but yeah. we could uh, fictionalize that. Right. As, either multiple days, if that makes sense. Well, cause, or a couple hours, if that makes sense. Because I, uh, part of the thing is I was thinking is like maybe you need to take, you need to specifically find places where you can take breaks at a certain point, and you need to make sure you find a good place to take a break because then the pigeons can get food and stuff before they rest. Um, yeah, and the then like day. Pikmin at night. You yeah, know, you got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you don't want them getting eaten by random stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here, here is what I have found, and I haven't done a lot of digging to verify this information. That's fine. But it looks like it's coming from a couple different places. So, mm-hmm. the longest recorded flight made by a homing pigeon took place in 1931, when a resolute bird flew from France to its home in Vietnam. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it just needed to make it back. Okay, so that's 7,200 miles, and it took it 24 days. Woo. Okay, I assume the races aren't that extreme. Obviously, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I mean, again, I mean, this game, especially if we think about it like a top-down RTS kind of thing. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to make it like a long campaign that the player plays oh. over multiple sessions. Yeah, and then the 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 terrain is procedurally generated as you go. Yeah, or something, and because because and then it takes a long time for you to figure out where home is. Yeah, um, that's yeah. a whole different game. Yeah. but I like that too. Yeah, I know. Right, and then it gets to have. So we can, I mean. 
we can introduce fantasy elements, right? Yes. Like not necessarily fantasy as in like high fantasy or low fantasy, mm-hmm. but things that are fantastical. Yeah. Even if we present roughly a realistic depiction. Right. But also yeah. jetpacks. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh, I love that. Um, <laughs> I was joking. Ellen. Yeah. Well, that's, I, I mean, yeah. this is my. It's got explosions in it. I'm for it. This I is my whole hang up on animals and games generally. Yeah. Like animals and games just turn into people eventually. Yeah. And I always want to like, I'm happy about crazy wild things or worlds that, that are, that are fantastical. Mm. I kind of just want animals to be animals. Yeah. Like, well, I, I yeah. think we're emulating that pretty well. Like without personalities in so far that they would be replicate human personalities or cute outfits or stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I'm happy to give up on that. That's just my really strong bias when I think about animals and games. Sure. Um, I mean, then we can call it Jet Pet Pigeons, <laughs> which is a fun name. But uh, <laughs> it's not a good. Re- that's not a good way to design it. Yeah, yeah. I've done it in the past, and it has not worked out. Um, well, I, yeah. I, I still. I guess I just. I was bringing it up, but I think uh, the race makes more sense, and it doesn't yeah. have to be a race, but just a shorter trip. Because oh, I like the okay. I like the idea of being interrupted with the 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 Falcon chase. So you're thinking this would take place over a day, and there wouldn't really be. And a the break player and the 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 game would take five minutes. Well, sure, whatever. but I mean, like the the race takes. You're not like having the rest and find food or whatever. And, I mean, it could, and that could be the game could support multiple modes. Yeah, that's true. Right, like longer races. And- yeah, longer ones and shorter ones. Um, but I just like the way Ellen, especially how she described what happens when like they need to escape a predator it's like then you're just off course yeah and and you need to do whatever you can to survive so from a mechanic perspective we need to make the player motivated by the same thing yes if there are so many pigeons that you know you're going to lose a couple or or you may lose a couple Mm -hmm. we need to make sure that the player is motivated to escape the falcon so much that they will let it go off course so we can't make that be too punishing but it's still interesting that once they're so off course then what you need to what do you do with them right so that's a whole thing about balance and like awarding points and stuff to make yeah. the player motivated to do that rather than just say like, Oh, let's let that one go. Who cares? <laughs> Maybe it's a matter of like, that's the pigeon that has the high stats or something or gets bonus points. If they make it and that motivates them to, to protect that one at the cost of overall progress. I, I mean, I still like the idea of just at the end of the race, you get scored based off how quickly you get home and how many pigeons make it back. Yeah. Cause that's simple. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it falls in line with what you're talking about. You right. want to try to protect all the pigeons because you get scored up based off. Of yeah, it. but then that what I'm saying about that oh, is that yes. then you can develop a kind of ruthlessness as a player. Like, oh, you know what I mean? Oh. Let, let the slow ones hang back and get taken by the falcons. Yeah, and then they just don't engage with that game mode very much. Yeah, and also that's not a real necessarily a realistic depiction. That's much more of a min maxed video game player. Yeah, version of that, true, I suppose. Um, but these are all problems to be solved as mm-hmm. you go. But I think that something that's why I mention it because yeah. one, I'm making sure that we're not just turning it into just a purely optimized, uh, right, min maxing system, yeah. which a lot well, of people can. I mean, the pigeons are their stats and uh, statuses are random, right? So that would yeah. potentially we can potentially make them random, quote unquote, so that like things happen when um, it would be problem or problematic for the player. In that moment, if they're trying to optimize perfectly, yeah, um, you know, we got options. Right. Meanwhile, Ellen found another video. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it doesn't actually show that the falcon catching the pigeon, but it's a really good um, example of what the the pigeon does to try to evade. Because they don't just like fly real fast; they're like flipping and they're like doing loops and like fluttering down yeah. and doing all these acrobatics to try to get away. This is a good yeah. system. Alan's just giving us facts and we're like, oh, let's make a game out of that. <laughs> How does that fit into our ideas? Yeah. 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 It's working. Yeah. Well, I like everything that we've, I, everything that we have come up with so far. Yeah. Um, 
It, so, more than a lot of our other video game, mm-hmm. nice game jams, mm-hmm. this feels a lot more like Blue Sky Brainstorming. Yes. I don't feel like we have a, even though we've described a couple of gameplay elements or experiences, I feel a little bit unmoored as to like what the game is yeah. right now. I don't, I, I don't mind that. Okay. If we, yeah. if we end with just a lot of good ideas and a, r- a rough notion, that's fine with me. We tried. But I wonder if we can sort of move into some of the more specifics. Yeah, I was going to ask this. Maybe we can go in. I was going to start describing the core game loop. Yeah. But after these messages. Pigeon Facts with Alan. Is that what the middle of the show is going to be? Just more Pigeon Facts? Yes. Oh my gosh, I love that idea. You yes. want some more Pigeon Facts? Yeah, give us more Pigeon okay. Facts. For the um, folks who skip it because they think it's like an ad for us, they're going to be real sorry when they missed all the... Yeah, they... Pigeon Facts with Alan. Yeah. <laughs> We gotta get Dale in here to sing that. Anyway, okay, so the biggest pigeon, the biggest domestic pigeon, is a breed of pigeon called the runt, which is hilarious. What? Because <laughs> runt is a small pit, right? No, yeah. this pigeon is like it's got like a three foot wingspan. Oh my! God. It's huge. That's gigantic. It's huge For a pigeon. pigeon. Yeah. Oof. Yep. I wouldn't want that. Yep. Would not want that flying into my head. I guess I wouldn't want any pigeons flying into my head, but that one no, in particular. <laughs> they're generally not going to fly into your head. Okay. Thank goodness for that. Um. I w- that would be very strange. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's see what else. Um, there are pigeons that have feathers on their feet. Domestic oh. pigeons called they're called trumpeters, and they're all, like swallows are also a breed of pigeon that have uh, feathers on their feet. Sometimes I think ice pigeons, some kinds of ice pigeons, have feathers on their feet, and it's just like mutation that gets selected for. They just got like I'm not talking about like tiny feathers. It's like they have four wings. They have oh. hugely long feathers on their Wow. Feet. Dang. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. they, and they use it I'm, to assist in flying? No, I'm sure it really messes up their flying ability. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like a lot. Well, that's fine. But they look nice. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's for, I, it's for mating then? Like It's for nothing. Well, in that it's being artificially selected for by the humans. So only the pigeons who have the feathery feet get to breed. Oh, yes. uh, I completely forgot that angle. Right, like, yeah. It's just human yeah. wrecking this. Okay, great. Okay, well. Yeah, no, no, no. Wild pigeons don't have feathers on their feet. It's uh-huh. people. would mess them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are some breeds of pigeons that are bred for uh, fancy flying. So you know how I made that. Well, I don't. it actually might not be at this part of the show yet, but sometimes pigeons, when they're flying in the air, they'll do like a duck and roll, like flippity flip. Yeah. What's okay. great is that it is in the second half of the show. So now listeners, when they get there, will know what you're talking about. <laughs> Which, what I'm talking when, about. when you did it, I was it's like, it's a preview. I don't know if the people are going to underwear. That's fine. No, nope, it'll <laughs> land now. They do like a duck and roll flippity flip. Uh-huh. You can see this with wild pigeons because they'll just do it like they're flying in a flock. They're having a good time. And you'll just watch one of them go like, <laughs> and it'll like, then it'll just do a fancy little flip and then it'll keep going. That's fine. But appar- apparently you can read for that too. So there are pigeons called tumblers and rollers and they are bred to do these fancy tricks in the air. Yeah. And so they'll like go up and they'll just do flippity flips. They'll just do as many as they can. And, or they'll like flip over backwards and like roll and roll and roll and roll and they'll fly up again really high and then they'll roll and roll and roll and roll and roll. And um, that's pretty weird. Yeah. Uh, cool, cool. Uh, there is a. This is, this is, yeah. This is already kind of long for a blur. So. One, one more pigeon fact. One more fact. We have time for one more pigeon fact. Right. Okay, you're gonna have to cut out the thinking parts. All right. Because it's got to be a good one, right? No, it doesn't. <laughs> All right. Here's here's your here's your last. All it has fact. to be is one more. Yeah. <laughs> Baby pigeons are so ugly, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Great ending, fact. Perfect. No notes. <laughs> That was 
Pigeon Facts with Ellen. Okay, yeah, this is what I'm imagining for the car loop, mm -hmm. uh, based off of how we described it. Yeah. Um, you spawn in a land, you've got, I'm going to say 10 pigeons. Initially, I was thinking 20, but maybe that's too many pigeons. Five. Yeah, what's like a, what's a good size for a loft? Yeah, actually, good question. Sorry, are we, this is, this is at this the beginning is, of a race? Just yeah, this is generally, how many, how many pigeons would you own? I don't know, 50. 50, oh. okay. Okay, 50 pigeons. Right, so many I, pigeons. I was imagining anywhere between 5 and 100, so. Yeah. You know, had no idea exactly. I was where. imagining a lot less. Yeah. Uh, hey, man, you're the developer. You guys can figure it out. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Sure. I'm just coming up with ideas over here. That's fine. 50 pigeons. <laughs> and sending yeah. pictures. Okay, yeah, you got 50. 50 pigeons. And they're just, they effectively, they all, well, I guess initially what I was thinking is like, you know, this is a multiplayer game. So all of the pigeons spawn roughly in the same area and they have to find their way home, but they have different homes. Um, well, are you talking about the loft or like the race? What? Okay. The loft. I'm confused as to what the loft is and what the race is. The loft is like your crate of pigeons. Home base. Got it. Yeah, okay. it's, you, your, you have it's it your home base. It's that's, your, it's your that's the home. pigeon shack. Right. Okay. So the total amount of pigeons someone might have if they're like not a weirdo in this. Got world it. Okay. It's so, about 50. All right. That's so a you, normal amount. So you have. Yeah. <laughs> right, Ellen? Yeah, sure. Okay. 50 is, is there a normal amount of pigeons to have? Like. Relatively no. normal to yeah. relative, <laughs> this to this relative to other people who have pigeons, right? Okay, so that makes sure. <laughs> this makes more sense to me then. Okay, so effectively, what you're doing is you have 50 pigeons, but in then your when lob, you take a group of them to a race, you have how many do you have with you on average? Yes. Oh, I don't know. I would send to 10. Okay. 10, perfect. That was the number I thought. Okay, was a good number. Um, just off the maybe top. five, but not like yeah. 30, not with, 20. Yeah. No, not your no, not okay. all of them. Okay, okay. Ten is a good number because it's nice and round and mm -hmm. stuff. It does really change how this experience is, right? Yeah, like, like Some, how you think about your squad, right? Right. As as a bunch of dots or as like you know ten characters in a sitcom. That's you know? why. I, yeah. Like, that's why I didn't like fifty, but ten seems more manageable. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there is some thinking that if you have a pigeon that has like eggs or young at home, so pigeons they mate for life, right? Okay, they pair up uh -huh. and they both take care of the young. Mm -hmm. So you can take one of the adults and you can like take them out on the race. And there is some thinking that like if they have young or eggs at home, they'll fly faster to get home because oh, they can go back. Kind of like, messed up. Let me just say, partner. I hate that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. And I also fully expect that all the people in whatever little like clubhouses they operate this thing uh -huh. don't realize how awful that is <laughs> uh, maybe they do when they don't yeah i don't i don't know actually if there's any i don't know yeah yeah if there's any actual effect on the results but i know that's like something that has been discussed i yeah so what you're saying is i think what you might be hinting at other than just you know pigeon facts mm. is one of the one of the sort of like uh you know resource management tasks of this would be to have a, a crate of 50 pigeons and yeah. choosing, selecting which goes into the race. Yeah. yeah. That's part of the thing. And, okay. And perhaps using some of those <laughs> deeply troubling psychological motivations, not we, knowing whether they work or not. Well, we can avoid that. We don't have to do that in our game for like that specific kind of, especially like the parent. Well, remember thing. players are going to optimize. Oh, and if we suck. don't include those things, if we don't include those options nope. in the game, then it's not realistic. Oh gosh. Yeah. Well, well no, I don't think we have to include that option. Um, because there's so much more to do even without it. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, cause then you're, then 
that's what I'm thinking. It, so it's not, it's if not. you're really optimizing with that mechanic, then you're like planning out when your birds are breeding based on the racing season, and like it gets to be a whole. Well, yeah, that's yeah. true. It's if not you want to get that nerdy, simulator. I mean, you, and you run fully yeah. into the, the the really the ethical the problems simulator. I have with this whole right. type of thing. Yeah, um, which is not yeah. not necessarily something I want to comment on well that's exactly yeah. yeah so i don't think we have to get in that specific i think i do like the idea of you picking some pigeons that you want to race because like i don't know this is the course you ha- maybe you have a general idea of where you know where you're going to spawn and you know you have a loft but you don't know where your loft is for, in relation to where you spawn that doesn't make sense because you know where you spawn um <laughs> well this is where we can start to get sort of yeah. more fantastical right it doesn't it can just be because the only reason you would really have 10 pigeons all going home at the same time yeah. is through human intervention. Yes. Right? Yeah. They would otherwise go back home after they got whatever they left home for. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, they'd probably all be going home at the same time. Yeah? From the same place? Well, if they left the the cliff as a flock and went to eat as a flock, they'd be okay. going home as a flock. Okay. Okay, so that's something we can we can engage. So this is what I'm describing is yep. what we're saying to a player. This is the sort of like deep meaning and messages nonsense that like I can't get out of my yeah, head. No, yeah, no, yeah. Is if we're presenting you starting as a group of pigeons and then going to the same place, we're not telling players that this is, that these are, that we say these could be wild pigeons and we're, we would not be misconstruing that's sure. Nice. Oh, I, I see what. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I like that. And, and so when you say like like oh maybe we could have some minor picking pigeons. Oh. Um. This is the that I'm, bumps up against that. What I'm saying is, is it's a threshold. It's by saying once you introduce that, then what you're talking about is the 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 you know the okay exploitation. I totally I totally understand Ooh, what you're stuff. saying now. Let's just yeah. not have that. Ooh. Oh, unless Ellen but it's, it is interesting mechanically. Yeah. But and so if we so if we do it, we do it is what I'm saying. Okay. Um, all right, Ellen. Yeah, Ellen has a thought, and she's yes. waving her hands crazily over there. Okay. What if we? What if we spin in? What if we weave in a roguelike mechanic to it? So mm-hmm. you start with random birds, uh-huh. and over time, after each, you know, every few races or whatever, so, so sojourns or what? I'm not sure if it's uh-huh. not specifically racing. We call it trips. Yeah. Okay. Um. Then, or after every trip, you for can, every homing. Yeah. change yeah <laughs> your homing excursion yeah you can you can refine your flocks statistics yeah this is what you were talking about earlier which is like that's okay. where you but and and you were saying it would happen in a, in the instance of racing it would happen every season yeah but if we want yeah. to sort of pare it down happening every every round as long as we don't make it too fiddly yeah could be really engaging still yeah yeah so it's still random random selection of pigeons from your flock starts each excursion yeah um, and you can select one pigeon to get rid of after so many races and then after every or excursions and after every excursion, you get like a random selection of three random birds that you can choose from. Yeah. You know, like over time you can cultivate your flock of 50 birds to be like super stats. Yeah. Okay. And, and you, the player, what you represent is essentially the, the sort of will of the group Yeah, in doing that. Right. Natural selection, I guess. Yeah, in some ways. Yeah. I'm just imagining the pigeons all yeah. having a torch, and you know, like in Survivor, <laughs> and one gets snuffed up. <laughs> or, or maybe those pigeons, the pigeons that you, they just aren't far. They aren't. They aren't part of your flock of fifty anymore. Yeah. Like, well, they, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. the racing group is drawn from that fifty, but your overall flock might have some retirees over here, so you can still oh, visit yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing that I think about having a big number 
and then having subsets and 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 things going in and out that plays off of what I really wanted at the beginning, which is like to not necessarily think of each pigeon as a character you fall in love with. Yeah. Right. Um, and so uh, it's a it's kind of a fine line between that and treating them heartlessly as like an over you know yeah. an overbearer or something. But um, in terms of how the player interprets it and, and what their beha- what their actions are, but I think we could strike that balance. Yeah, I think um, so. and I think the more, and also it gives us an opportunity to really leverage a system of like randomized statistics, so that players can engage with a lot of the different ones, right? Yeah, and they could be flummoxed by like a, a bunch of duds that they gotta like somehow like whip into shape, like <laughs> yeah, you know now, yeah, and then those can cycle out, yep, and then get really lucky, and that's a little bit of the roguelike part mm-hmm. that uh, Ellen is talking about. Okay, so the which loop- just this one time I will allow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so basically the loop is you get a random selection of pigeons, you compete in a race. We'll describe what a race is in a second. Um, but when you complete the race, you can remove a pigeon from the racing group and add a new pigeon from a set of three pigeons, randomly generated pigeons. Right? That sound, Ellen, what do you think? That sounds good? It's like defining exactly what the thing is. I'm still, still thinking very yeah. abstractly, so I'm kind of like refuse, I'm refusing to unfog that view. Well, that's, that's why I'm here. Yeah, that's a good set. Yeah. Like okay, that. cool. All right, so what does what a race entail then? Because I think that's the main... That's the main thing you do. Right? Yeah, yeah. So like it's either so a race is that you start in a weird place and go home. Yeah. Um yep. if we're thinking about it where it's and you know, we don't have to say that it's they're wild pigeons, but we just maybe don't have an opinion on this on the question. Yeah. We could just have them start anywhere randomly and yep. then however they got there is their business. Yep. Or we could say that's a two part thing where they leave home and that's one thing they do and, oh. then, they, and then they come home and later. Yeah. I like it just being random where you start. Um, and yeah. then you have to figure out how to get home. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Like the, the, the main verb in this game is homing. Yes. Right. And how, now yep. that takes. Okay. Works for me. Um, yeah. And then also that actually does help with some of the randomness where mm-hmm. when you start a thing, it's the middle of the story. Yeah. So like you weren't there yeah. to pick the group that went. Right. Or whoever joined them or left along the way. Yeah. They're just, this is a group of pigeons. Yeah. You have some influence over that, but not total influence mm-hmm. over that. Right. Maybe some percentage of them will be you know, unknown to you, even if you do this cycling out. Yeah. Again, I'm being fuzzy about this. That's fine. You can um, numbers. <laughs> uh, so the pigeons then like kind of have a general idea of where they need to go, but well, the pigeons specifically, yeah, but not the player because the players aren't the pigeons, um, have an idea of where well, they need to go. The players mm. need to influence the pigeons to get there quickly. Um, or, well, I guess alternatively, um, the pigeons, if they if you leave the pigeons alone, they will get home on their own without any influence. But they will be slow and they will lose some pigeons due to random factors. Right? Yeah. That's what we were talking about. So well, effectively Oh, okay, Ellen's got objections. Then so the thing that gets me stuck there is then what is the player doing while the pigeons pigeons are flying themselves? I don't understand. The that. pigeons are flying like- themselves, but they're doing it inefficiently. No, no, no. The thing okay. is that there's 10 to 20 pigeons in the air and you can only ever control one at a time. Yes. So the ones you're not controlling are behaving uh, on their they're own. They're just doing their own things. So so like you, you start out as one pigeon. Yeah. You get up and go and you start following the flock where they're going. Yeah. And then you can get environmental clues or some other sort of UI HUD that represents their other innate um, senses that we won't depict visually perhaps. A compass is one, yeah. you know, other things might be like, it could be known predator areas could be something that could be, you know, somehow intuited to you in, in certain ways. And then you swap around and then you are then 
moving the pigeon you're in control of. Yeah. But the choices you make will determine because will also influence the other pigeons. Yes. Right. Right. So right. let's say let's just yeah. just to purely demonstrate this. Let's say the goal is a hunt. You know. 300 meters ahead of you. Yep. And all the pigeons know that. Yep. They're going straight for it. Yep. But you don't know that. Right. And so this is obviously just the crudest example. Mm-hmm. You take a pigeon and you're like, I'm going to go a little bit left. And then yep. you switch to another pigeon. All the other pigeons move 10% as much left. Yeah. Because yeah. they were, because they move as a group. Right. Yeah. And so there's still, you know, well, that, well, they, if you then just swap randomly and make no choices, they will all eventually correct. Yes. Um, but your goal essentially is to optimize the thing, and the yeah. only way you can do that is by sussing out what the right choices could be. Right, right. So maybe the fastest way A to B is through an area that has a lot of predators. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you may know that already because it might be a, an open world that's familiar to you. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's procedurally and you don't know that every round. Or you, or you've learned through gameplay that forests bring the risk of hawks. Exactly. Oh, that's really good. I like that. So it's just that. So yeah. we can really maybe um uh, make really crude signals yeah. rather than try to make it really subtle and you know like actually. Yeah, make it real gamey, real, which I think is probably good for this. Um, yeah. To sort of make the things that a pigeon might intuit available to a player to to recognize. Yeah. Because right? we're humans and we don't have those abilities. Yes. Um, and so that might be the fastest way, but then you can recognize certain things from, from playing a, a few rounds or whatever. Yeah. Or making really, you know, sort of half-educated guesses. And you, you can take a slightly slower path, but you have more pigeons because you missed that. Or... It's a less of a risk. This is the this is a way that's a little bit slower, but it's a, but it, you can or maybe it's the fa- it's a little bit faster, but it's really high risk. So you have to be very good at the at the falcon dodging mini game. Yeah, <laughs> like, but then of course when the falcon shows up, you can't leave the attention of the bird you're on until you escape. Meanwhile, all the other birds are no longer feeling your influence. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Are, right. Yeah. So that becomes a matter of like, okay, well, and then the player can have a choice at that point. It could mm. be like, okay, should I should I just let the falcon catch this bird so I can continue to influence the rest of the flock. Yeah. I've moved so far away. Or should I find a place that, for this bird to, to land safely and avoid the, the, the hawk or the falcon, but then, then give up on that bird and then they're just out of the flock? Like, there could be lots of choices you make mm-hmm. that could be kind of like ethical choices, right? About like, yeah. the, the, you know, like, well, will I let this one survive for the benefit of the... And when I say benefit, I mean how fast it can get home. Well, yeah. That's another thing. But... Sure. Um, or do I really want this one to survive? Yeah. Because, um, you know, it is the one that performs the best. And so I don't mind if I score badly this way. Yeah. Um, because I want this one to survive and influence the others or something. Yeah. Um, cause it's the best at influencing them. That might be a stat they have is, mm-hmm. is, is, mm. oh, it's in oh, greater influence over the flock. That's cool. pigeon charisma. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I'm imagining just a lot of like ways these things can interact with each other, yeah. which seems exciting yeah. to me. Pigeon bird. Um, yeah, I, so I guess to, like to answer your question, Ellen, effectively what the player is doing, even if they're not controlling the pigeons, they need to figure out where the pigeons are going, right? So there's yeah. some deduction. They're paying attention to the flock. Yes. They're directing one bird at a time. Yes. Um, through clicking, or are we doing WASD? I mean, I'm How thinking doing controllers this? because I all, all, I want to make all games use controllers. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I'm thinking, <laughs> but you know, there'd be mouse and keyboard controls. Probably. You know, people can have that. They like it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm thinking, I'm just thinking third person. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just thinking of how, how big the map is, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and that's going to determine, like, how long a round is, because it might, I mean, it might be interesting to make it really long, because then you could have those choices of when to stop and take a break, and those could be interesting yeah. gameplay choices. I think var- varying lengths, right? The races are, like, you might do a training, like, if we're t- talking about it in terms of races, you're training, well, races and foraging, right? Pigeons yeah. aren't going to fly hundreds of miles to forage. They don't need to, so they won't. Mm-hmm. Um 
they might fly a five, they might fly a 10, yeah. you know, like, but um, if you're talking about like a thousand miles, that's a, that's a human did that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Like, um, or a hurricane, maybe a hurricane blows you off yeah, course and yeah. you gotta make it back. Um, well, it could be kind of, I mean, this would be, if this were a fully featured, you know, triple a title you'd probably have some some different options right you could say like the hurricane one or something or maybe this is this is one where you're all it's an actual you know pigeon race yeah humans brought you there mm-hmm. this mechanic would, wouldn't be any different mm-hmm. um but i think i would say what is our ideal like if we just say what's the standard normal um duration i don't really have an opinion other oh, than okay. the longer it goes the more uh, sort of um, stop and start behaviors you can introduce, the more deduction the player will have to do because you have more time to figure something out, right? That would be yeah. the only real difference is you'd have more of that stuff. You'd have you'd have places to, to stop and regain energy yeah. and all, all those things. It makes things a little more complicated. Well, I mean, additionally, uh, having to manipulate all of these pigeons uh, is tedious too to make sure that they're going in the right direction. Yeah. And it's not something you want to be doing for two hours, but it might be something you want to do for... You'd be okay doing for 10 minutes. So here's what we haven't talked about, but it's kind of been in my head. It's like moment-to-moment gameplay, you should be doing things like collecting coins or picking up things. You know what I mean? Like video oh, gamey stuff. Okay. So that when you're actually engaging with it, it shouldn't just it shouldn't just be feeling like just... Uh, oh, right? Yeah, okay. Because um, that's that's an RTS, and you best do that in a top-down scenario, I think. Yeah. I think if you're, if you're flying these, if you're controlling these, it should be fun. Yeah. And yeah. in all the ways that video game stuff is fun. And that that's where it can just be at much more abstracted. Sure. Um, you know, like you can uh, you know, weave through some buildings or go through some, you know, pilot wing style of <laughs> rings or something. Okay. Um, so instead of like a, a more isometric view, I think I'm still stuck in like the RTS mode. Yeah. You're actually like third person, like over the shoulder of the picture. I was thinking yeah. pie in the and sky. the clock is yeah. Oh. That's how I was imagining it. Oh, I was just imagining that, like, the feeling of playing this game should be like being many pigeons. <laughs> and so I was well, thinking, like, from their perspective, I think is sort of interesting. Oh, you want to think? Uh, okay, I, I mean, I don't necessarily see, I don't see it not working that way. Yeah, I was definitely thinking of it as like a two D thing, but you see them like from the sky, from above. Them. I think the main, the main thing that is why I think I'm like sticking on this uh-huh. is that it's not. I want it to be like actually exciting to escape the falcon sure and that mm-hmm. i think that you kind of need it to be an action game I, I i still think it can be an action game from the perspective yeah. i think okay but i mean like i i mean i i don't think it I, again i don't think it doesn't work in from a third person perspective there's just more movement involved yeah there's three there's a whole you know extra what are these and that's actions. the other thing is i kind of want i kind of want flying to be fun okay but like i don't know i mean I guess I can give that up if you guys want to overrule me on that. It, or it is less me. fun to move it in, in just one plane. Yeah. Action. But then, then you need to fill your moment to moment with other things. Yeah. Right? And that also maybe means that maybe it should be shorter then. It should be more yeah. like a, it should be more like a puzzle that's that doesn't take forever and, and where you're not waiting so long between choices or between seeing the results of your choices. Yeah. Um, I think so. I think yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, because I, I do kind of think that this game should be relatively short. Like it should take like 20 30 minutes man yeah and if we're thinking about a multiplayer mode yeah then it, it, it they should just be like you know they should be short matches because yeah. you know that's yeah. what you got to do yeah um yeah i think like i feel like a 10 minute loop sort of thing would work mm-hmm. um so you can see the third person angle ellen does that I can see it is working that, is that yeah. something you don't like because that would that would be the decider then essentially mm-hmm. yeah so just to i'm just like i can i can imagine like you're our like you're, here's your like flight of five pigeons and they're all around you and you can toggle to to 
to control each one of them, but they're always kind of flying around you. And they, and like the further away some of them get, the wider your view might be. But you're still controlling this one bird in the middle of the screen that's like flying and flying and flying. And they're, oh, yeah, yeah, you're like dipping and getting coins and you're, or whatever, like puffs of air or something uh-huh. like that. And once in a while, like you might press the button that makes you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then you're like, oh, you're you're slowly, or one of your flock mates is going too far away, and you mm-hmm. gotta like switch over and bring them back in, yeah. something like, or it's like randomly, so it's kind of like zooming in, zooming out. But the pigeon you're controlling is always in the center, and then like pigeons usually are flying above the tree line, but we can play with that a little bit. So like, yeah, you can like see the terrain, and you there's something in your in your in your HUD that's like indicating roughly what direction you need to go to get home. Mm. The closer you get, the narrower that gets or something like that to point you closer and closer in that direction. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, you can like review the route that you took to get home. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. That's I can see that pretty clearly in my head. The top down view where I'm like almost like a bomber looking down at the pigeons. Yeah, I guess that could that could work the same way. I don't think it's going to be as fun. The flying element won't be as right. Fun. Yeah, I agree with that completely. I think the other argument for a, a tighter perspective on each, whether that's third person or first person or much more mm-hmm. action game oriented, yep. is that the idea is is that you as you as the player will have a limited perspective and can only get a wider perspective by move by moving around. Yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, that's I kind of like that too. Yeah, right? that's yeah. A- you could have little little like pointers or arrows to indicate where the rest of, if they're not on screen. Yeah. So we'd have to come up. It's beyond the sp- scope of this, but that's definitely something yeah. we would need is like a lot of visual yeah. aids, abstractions and metaphors to provide the things that a pigeon might know or might intuit about where the rest of them are. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's cool. So then when, if a predator like locks onto you, then it changes that view slightly you're only so focusing on your own too. thing, but yeah. also as you run away from the thing, then you get you get really disoriented. Then you, yeah, you lose sight right. of all the other pigeons. And when you lose it, uh, and whatever how mechanically we decide, you lose it. Like it, it, you know, you hide it, you get it far enough away that it will go away. Then now you have to worry about getting back. Yep. Or maybe making mm-hmm. the choice to get back. Like uh, you have no information here. Maybe you switch to another pigeon to get another view of the area and see if it comes oh, back. That's cool. To kind of yeah. see where they are now, which is not you know that's a little bit extra textual but it's still no i like it that that pigeon who went off running would probably still kind of know where they're going more than the player might so that's well they have really good vision and they're all the same direction so the thinking thinking is eventually you'd get hopefully back in eyesight of them yeah um and also just video gamey stuff like you know those opportunities would let you sort of explore the area more and find things yeah and you'd see more stuff, yeah. Um, because you sort of you stumble upon things, which is you mark as a scout pigeon, and that pigeon goes off and gets the coins or whatever. <laughs> yeah, kind of funny. Uh, cool. I think I've you know I, we you do these a lot these game jams, and I think I've taken notes on them. But I'm sure we'll come back to this and be like, oh, what? <laughs> what is? This? Why did you do this, Stephen? This is wrong. <laughs> um, well, when it comes to these game design document ones, yeah. like we have notes and stuff, but the episode is really the 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 document. Yeah. yeah. Ultimately, it's very hard. When we're not doing very specific mechanics and and we're not able to iterate and play test as much yeah. with this with things like this, but yeah. I'm glad we still do them from time to time because mm-hmm. it it opens up so many more possibilities and potential. It does leave you with like, oh, I want to play it now, but it's so long from yeah. playable. Yeah. Um. 
but that means that the the notes are going to be not as uh, legible without yeah. the episode as the document. Right, so right, right. Um, hopefully, and, and the mural board full of pigeon photos. <laughs> I don't think that will be very helpful to people wanting to play the game, but <laughs> wrong. But, but they should see it. They should see it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We'll put that, or we'll put the, its contents in the show notes as well mm-hmm. uh, for folks to find. Yeah. I mean, I say it every time. I'm like, I want to make this game. No, actually, like the idea of a real time strategy racing game is so unique. Yeah, it's so cool. Um, yeah, and like, and even though if we're not doing that, even though we're not doing like a top down viewer, we decided yeah. against it. I think thinking of it as a real time strategy game, I think really is that is, I would not have come to that on mm. my own. But that is exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. And like thinking yeah. about those mechanics, yeah. is really exciting because that's yeah. also a way. Because like you say, it's interesting, it's unique, it's something mm-hmm, people have done mm-hmm. before, but players can approach it and it, it, it will be understandable. To yes, them, exactly. Even if they don't know why. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We can use that language. Ooh, you could have checkpoints along the route. I like that. Oh, so that's like, good. So if you can make the choice to like deviate slightly to get to a checkpoint. Right. Or you could like, skip it and which is higher risk perhaps. And goes, yeah. Well, yeah. Or but it gets you there a little faster. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Lots of options. Yeah. Yeah, we wouldn't. I mean, this would be if if you know we want to make the flying fun. We really don't have to uh, lean away from video gamey stuff, coin collecting. Yeah. you know, uh, mm-hmm. little flippity doos that you're describing, Ellen. Like that could be something you get points for tricks. Yeah, like, it'd be all very silly, you know, and still maintain the heart of like the experience of what it really feels like. Yeah, as as far as we're able to depict it. Yeah, um, even mm-hmm. if it's not you know realistic in any fashion, mm. you know. Yeah. It, oh yeah, there could be all cool. Oh, you could do. Okay, I the game Skyward Sword wasn't great overall but some of the flying stuff was really cool and yeah. so you had like those rings that were yeah, really, really yeah, yeah. smaller so that would be fun and like you get extra points if you get like more of your flock through the ring mm-hmm. anyway. uh-huh. and you know that could also be the how we did how we in- communicate with the player what the pigeons know about the correct route yeah is wow. we could we could guide them towards you know little the little obstacle video game obstacle course parts yeah. which is far if you were just to take away the video game shell and look at these pigeons flying through a real space you you wouldn't know why are they going that way and it's right. like it's in in their head that's just represented as motivations that a video game player would understand yeah right yeah exactly. um yeah uh we should save some of these ideas for the sequel though so <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's world war 2 pigeon <laughs> right I tell you that espionage just, angle is so yeah. cool. Is like cool getting the right information yeah. where it needs to go and also shooting down the other pigeons. <laughs> That's our show. We post show notes and such on our website, nicegames.club. Go there to find the rules of the game we made today. Well, the document anyway. Visit us on social media at Nice Games Club, where Dale posts about game dev resources and planets in the background. Reply on the various platforms or email us, contact at nicegames.club. Nice Games Club is on Patreon. Support the show and get stuff, including ad-free episodes. Sign up at patreon.com slash nicegamesclub. And if you want to keep things more casual, just stop by nicegamesclub slash discord and say hello. That's it for this week. So, until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. 